the children of the Force. Welcome to episode 168 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nawatsky, the adult. I'm Anna, and I'm 14. I'm Liam, and I'm 11. And here we are talking about the Duel of the Fates. It's our second episode going through Duel of the Fates. So we're going to call it D of the Fates, because <gasps> D is too... <laughs> It's the D of the fates. <laughs> and duel also means two, right? Duel is that's between two true. people. They have the same du. root. Du. Uh, the du. same Latin root of well, that word, I think. Well, then we should have said duel for the first episode. Oh, well. The uno of the fates? Yeah. The un of the fates? Anyway, uh, so when we last left off, we're going to just get right into it. Uh, Rose, Finn, Poe, Ray, BB-8, they all try to blow up that First Order shipyard over Kuat. They fail. They steal a Star Destroyer. They bring it to the resistance base. Leia is not impressed. She thinks the First Order is going to track them, so she orders an evacuation. And they find a lot of weapons and ships on the Star Destroyer, so they're super happy about that. Uh, Hux is the Chancellor on Coruscant of the First Order. Uh, the First Order is basically ruling the galaxy now. Uh, he publicly executes a resistance member who helped Rose and all the other people on Kuat. Uh, he probably executes people all the time seems like a thing he probably does uh he tries to convince a bunch of warlords that the resistance isn't a threat and they're not too uh they don't trust him that much and they're wondering where kylo ren is because he is the supreme leader after all uh now kylo ren is at vader's castle in mustafar and he finds a sith holocron of the emperor instructing vader to take luke to remnicor to learn from Tor Valum, the master who instructed his master. So in other words, Plagueis's master. Uh, in Legends, Plagueis's master is a Bith named Darth Tenebris. You know, the Bith are the the musicians in... Uh, the Sith, the Bith. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a Bith <laughs> Sith. Uh, the musicians cantina. in the Cantina. Yeah, those yes. are Bith. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're not all musicians. Uh, oh, really? So... <laughs> um, but yeah, but this isn't even Legends, this script. This script is right. like fan not fiction, true. basically. Yeah. You know, like it's not even, yeah. Uh, but that's that's fine. It's fun to read anyway. So the Holocron realizes that Kylo isn't Vader and shocks the heck out of his face. <laughs> yep. And Liam, you did a great yelling as Kylo. It was great. Yeah, it was really good. <coughs> uh, still on, uh, back on the Resistance base on Korolev, and they're still there. I guess they're in the process of getting ready to evacu evacuate. Uh, the First Order has unplugged everyone's Wi-Fi, so nobody can communicate. And so, <laughs> I hate them even more. <laughs> right. Uh, so, like, all the planets are just on their own. So the Resistance now has all these ships and weapons that they found on the Star Destroyer, but no one to use them. But Ray has an idea about that. Um, also, one more thing. Uh, they're hinting at a relationship between Ray and Poe. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, uh, but it's important. <laughs> it's not even legends. It's fan fiction. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we all thought we liked Noah. Is his name Trevor Noah, right? Colin Trevorrow. Colin Trevor. Trevor Noah. That's the Daily, Daily Show. Show Colin Trevor. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here we go. Continuing on with Duel of the Fates. 
Finn says. We have ships, weapons. All we need is an army. Poe says, how? Nobody can hear us. We're in the dark. We push in on Ray, those words resonating with her. We don't have to be. In the Millennium Falcon, Ray opens the ancient Jedi text from Octo, laid out on the hollow chess table. Finn, Poe, Rose, Chewie gathered around. The Jedi had communication system before the Old Republic. It was powered by a nexus beneath the temple. Sketches of a tower in the old Jedi temple on Coruscant. Light flowing from the spire into space. A force beacon, engineered to call the outlying systems to war. Finn says, No way it still works. Poe says, Old Republic tech is better than the junk we have today. Rose says, That frequency predates the Empire by a thousand years. The First Order's blockade couldn't disrupt the signal. Finn says, It's worth a shot. They look to Poe, the de facto leader. Anything's worth a shot. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so too. Ray? Ray hesitates, for a reason she doesn't yet understand. A dark, ominous feeling. Ray? She snaps back to them. Hope is all we have left. All right, now we're on the Resistance base, still on Korolev. The Jedi Dojo. A dojo is like a training area, right? Oh, yes. Whack! A wooden bow stick hits a pillar, coughing dust. Light pours through an open sinkhole onto an elaborate wooden Jedi sparring post. Extensions on all sides like branches of a tree. It moves, rotating at the base, limbs spinning. Ray combats it with aggressive elegance, blindfolded. She spins, ducks, leaps, climbing while fighting. Thump. A swinging post connects with Ray's back. She hits the ground hard, winces in pain. Luke's voice says, Your pain is an illusion. It isn't, actually. She braces herself and attacks the post again. A double flip and Ray sticks the landing. But then she falters, sensing the disturbance. And we flash to the First Order capital. A landing pad at night. A pair of porcine Ugnaughts push a levitating stretcher away from the TIE silencer. On it, Kylo, in worse shape than we left him, damaged veins stretching down his neck. In the medical bay, Kylo screams on an operating table surrounded by medical droids. Layers of Mandalorian iron are smelted to his face. A discomfitting sizzle as they work. Kylo grits his teeth. At the resistance base, Ray touches her cheek, feeling a sharp but distant pain. In the medical bay, Kylo screams as a jolt of electricity flows into the iron on his face, finishing the job. He is suddenly racked by a vision. A mountain, snow on the jagged peaks, a temple older than all known time, an ancient chamber, two massive thrones built into the rock, a well of light pulsing from deep below. In the resistance base, Ray is racked by the same vision, but it continues. A dark figure, hooded, masked, Kylo Ren. He activates his red lightsaber, facing off with Ray before the two thrones. They fight, vicious, intense. With a sharp swing, Kylo strikes her down. Back to Ray. She tears off the blindfold, breathless. Luke says, What did you see? I saw a mountain, two thrones in the rock. Kylo Ren was changed. 
Luke Skywalker steps into the light, a more tangible form of Force Ghost, similar to his projected self on Crate. You saw the future. Kylo saw it too. I could feel him, like he was there with me. Where? Mortis. Luke turns grave. He sits as Obi-Wan once sat beside him. What do you know of Mortis? It's an ancient place, from a time before the Jedi, before the Sith. Two thrones, two powerful beings, one of darkness, the other light. Together, they brought balance. But it's a myth. So was I, if you remember. Luke is almost present now. All traces of blue light are gone. Beneath the Temple of Mortis lies a power beyond anything the Jedi have ever known. If Kylo reaches the temple, all we've fought for will be lost. You have to confront him. You want me to kill Leia's son? The Force guides us toward balance. It doesn't always show us what we want to see. Rey scoffs, petulant, angry. Balance. Dark suffocates the light. Light extinguishes the dark over and over. How is that balance? I know that anger. I had it. My father had it, too. So says my master and his master before him. A thousand masters so eager to tell us how to live. She looks through an arched opening at the resistance base below. Finn and Rose calibrating a grappling cannon. Poe and Chewie working on the Falcon. I spent my whole life wanting a family. Now I've got one. I won't abandon them. The Force is speaking to you, Ray. Maybe I'm not who it thinks I am. Who are you? I'm no one. If that's what you believe, the last Jedi is dead. Ray sets her practice staff alongside a line of others. Maybe he is. Oof. That mm. seems kind of similar to like yeah. what happened in the, you know, in in, in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, kind of. She never really questions the, the whole Jedi, but Luke does. True. I, I don't think this is true to the Luke in The Last Jedi. Because Luke no. is questioning the Jedi, you know? Yeah. Like, he realizes where they went wrong. Yeah. I don't think he would be telling her to do the same thing. No, I don't either. That Obi-Wan was telling him to do, you know? I don't know. But then mm. he was kind of like that. He was like, Ray was going to ask him for help, and he was, like, fighting her, saying, no, yeah, don't do it, but Rey. then he realized he was wrong. Yeah, true. You know? And then he did show up on crates, and yeah. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. In the medical bay on Coruscant, Kylo's medical slab rises vertical. He looks into a mirror at his altered face, half-covered with smelted iron. A monster. Finish it. A new mask lowers onto his head and locks into place, spitting steam. We don't see the front of it, not yet. A strip of glowing buttons light up the underside of his forearm. The med droid presses a code. The helmet beeps. Breathe. He does. A new sound, different than Vader's. Guttural. Deep. In Chancellor Hux's chamber, at night, ornate drapes and an indoor fountain. A huge throne-like chair faces the city through a massive circular window. Hux removes his trench coat, pointed hat, catches himself in the mirror, touches the streak of gray hair. He peers into a glass case at an object of his affection, a lightsaber resting on a pedestal. A collector's item. He gazes at it with envy. 
Hux removes a few coins from his pocket, places one on the table, extends his hand, and tries to use the force to move it. It doesn't budge. His face grows red from trying. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Kylo, from off-screen, his voice distorted, says, Has all been well in my absence? Huck startles, embarrassed. Kylo's masked face is in shadow. Supreme Leader, you've returned. If I'd known... I don't need grand displays and processions or titles, Chancellor. Kylo steps into the light. The new mask is reminiscent of his first, but sharper, nastier. Scarier. My knights tell me the girl was within your grasp. Apparently, your knights took it upon themselves to deal with my general's failure. And how should I address your failure? Hux turns whiter, takes a small step back. What happened to your... She's beloved, isn't she? Belief is the solace of peasants. The people cling to folklore. But they fear the First Order. They fear me. Soon I will command the Force in ways unseen since the ancients. The power described in the Sith texts. You've found it? It is within my reach. The ability to destroy a planet will be insignificant. What are your orders? Find the Resistance. Wipe them out. And the girl? Leave her to me. In the briefing room at the Resistance base, a hologram of the Capitol lights up. Poe stands before the Resistance leadership, Leia nearby. Poe says, As you know, the First Order has silenced communication between all neighboring systems. The source of the blockade is a transmission jammer deep in the First Order Capitol on Coruscant, here. The Capitol hologram blinks, zooms, a cube within. So far, we've been unable to find a weakness. No thermal exhaust port, no oscillator. In other words, they're on to us. Leia smiles. He's great. (laughs) (laughs) Our forces are too depleted to mount a direct assault. But we've found an alternative. The capital hologram dissipates to make way for a new structure. The Jedi Temple. A familiar five-spired building. An analog system from the days of the Old Republic. Schematics of an ancient machine powered by kyber crystal. A small team will activate the beacon and summon the galaxy to war. The hologram demonstrates. A light shoots from the center spire and connects 50 other planets like dots. When they succeed, the rest of us will be ready. Finn steps forward, eyes alive. I'll lead the team, General. Rose says, I'll lead the team, General, but I'll let him think he's doing it. Leia eyes Ray, sensing her conflict. Leia says, Ray? And Ray says, They're looking for me. It's dangerous enough as it is. I can't go with you. Poe's smile fades. Leia doesn't press it, reading the room. Leia says, Prepare to evacuate. We'll reconvene at the rendezvous point. On R2-D2 and C-3PO, on the edges of the room, R2 beeps. (whistles) C-3PO says, Coruscant? Finally, a good idea from those scrambled circuits of yours. Coruscant will be quite pleasant this time of year. R2 garbles and rolls off. C-3PO follows. 
Yes, a properly refined city will be welcome after hoveling down here like a gun dark. In the resistance base corridor, Poe catches up with Ray. Hey, what was that about? I have to bring an end to all of this. I have to confront him. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna confront him? Who talks like that? Jedi do. I'm new to this. Okay, I'm going with you. No, I have to go alone. Is that in your book, too? Where is this confrontation going to happen? Mortis. In the Unknown Regions. Mortis is a myth. It isn't. I saw it. Oh, you saw it. But how do you plan on finding it? Ray hesitates, unsure. I'll figure it out. She walks away. Poe follows, determined. Hey, look, I know you think I'm wasted air on any mission, Master Jedi. Please stop calling me that. But the thing is, I know someone who can find the system you're looking for. If it's one of your Flight Academy friends, I swear... It's not one of those guys, but those guys are great. Because they're unreliable at best, and I'm being nice. She's a navigator, lives on Bonadan, Force-sensitive like you. Not exactly like you. Spice diggers used to pay her to find deposits on asteroids. Do you trust her? She's a little off, but if this place exists, she can find it. Ray softens. Poe is standing closer than he's ever been. <laughs> hey, I get it. No attachments. Jedi Path. I've read that story too, but... I'm just saying, you don't have to do this alone. Through layers of pilots, Leia notices Ray and Poe in the corridor recognizes the romantic tension. Her knowing look quickly turns to concern. On Finn and Rose, Finn tightens a bolt on the grappling cannon. So he can grapple Poe away from Ray, so he can have Poe to himself. <laughs> a loud clang startles him. He goes. Finn tightens a bolt on the grappling cannon. A loud clank startles him. He closes his eyes, left hand shaking. Rose says, Hey, it's okay. Finn's past has followed him for years. Memories of friends kidnapped and conditioned to serve. Finn says, One of the stormtroopers on Kuat. I knew him. We trained together when we were kids. He looked so scared. I remember that feeling. I don't think that feeling ever goes away. I can't let more of them end up like me. It has to stop. Rose puts a calming hand on his... He breathes easier. That's what we're fighting for. I just literally mm. changed from like a no face to like a serious acting face in like one second. Because he didn't want Rowan, Rose and Finn. Well, I uh, like them more I actually than like, Poe and Ray. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I still mm. think yeah. Poe and Finn. Mm. Yeah. In Kylo Ren's chamber at night, Kylo gazes down at Darth Vader's burned mask. Speaking once more to the grandfather he never knew. I understand you now. Your weakness, your pain. You allowed love to cloud your judgment. I will succeed where you failed. He grips Vader's mask and exits onto his balcony. A thousand feet up, a layer of clouds below, stars above. Kylo holds Vader's mask out over the edge and lets it go. It plunges below the clouds and shatters. How does he know? If he's a thousand feet in the air, how do we know? Yeah. Maybe the camera follows it down. We see it shatter. That's... Imagine like a camera dropping 1,000 feet from the air. Mm. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Or like a drone. 
Yeah, I mean, how could they do that on Coruscant? Because the buildings on Coruscant are so high. How could the camera follow the mask down to the street? It'd be really hard to set up that shot on Coruscant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, getting the camera gear to Coruscant in the first place is really hard. And then having to get all the actors there. And shooting on location on Coruscant is really hard. <laughs> okay, anyway. I'm so confused. Why are you being so sarcastic about Because you guys are like, how could they shoot the f- helmet falling down? And I'm like, it's all CGI, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. So they wouldn't I have to shoot forget. it. They would just... <laughs> I know, but also, that's not what I was saying. I was oh. saying, wouldn't it be cool to see a camera drop 1,000 feet from the air? Oh, that was just unrelated? Just, that'd be cool? Y- kind of. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that would be. It all right. got me thinking. <laughs> sure. All right. In Kylo's TIE silencer at night, Kylo Ren lowers into the cockpit. His drone VX-20 settles into the data dock over his right shoulder. Kylo, amplified and distorted, says, Set a course for Remnicor. VX-20 beeps in affirmation. In Hux's war room, Hux watches Kylo's TIE silencer fly into the starfield above. Chancellor Hux says, Goodbye, Ren. Commander Selleck approaches. Sir, one of our probes picked up the droid signal. We found them. Ready my ship. I want to witness their extinction myself. Shall I inform the Supreme Leader? No. Let Kylo and the girl fulfill the empty promises of their ancient religion. In the end, they'll destroy each other as Jedi and Sith always have. Then we will rise, strong, decisive, ready to bring true order to the galaxy. Commander Selleck eyes Hux, unnerved by him. Prepare the attack. I do like how they took Hux in this movie, though. Because he's so jealous Mm. of Kylo, because Kylo has the Force. And he's, like, totally, like, I don't, like, I should be the Supreme Leader, and I'm going to be. I I love the idea of him trying to use the Force. Yes! Like, it reminds me of me as, like, a ten-year-old. Yeah, it reminds me of me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If I try really hard... Maybe if I think I can, Mm, I can do it. Oh, yeah, I used to do that. Oh, yeah. I used to do that with the toilet paper in the bathroom, because I didn't want to... I bet you still I didn't want to go, like... Uh, and grab it. I just thought I was just, I'd be like, stay on target. <laughs> stay on target. <laughs> Give me the twist. Stay on target. In a spacecraft hangar on the Resistance base, buzzing energy as the Resistance evacuates the base, Poe and Chewbacca load up the Millennium Falcon. Poe says, because I'm not sending her out there alone, that's why. <laughs> Will you trust me? Nearby, Rose and Finn load up on the Phantom Hawk her junky but reliable ship, pieced together from parts. Rose has the hood open, tinkering with the innards. She says, This is a Corellian hyperdrive. R2, do we have a key code for this? R2-D2 projects a hologram of key codes, finds a match. This is every hyperdrive key in the old Imperial fleet. They still use these. R2, where did you get this? R2-D2 beeps. I told you to erase the data from Bespin's central computer. You don't know where it's been. Finn looks past the droids to Ray, loading up the Falcon with Poe and Chewie. He approaches her. Guess this is goodbye. Don't say that. You've come a long way since Jakku. So have you. They trust you. They should. Finn and Ray hug. They say nothing, but it means everything. 
Poe appears, BB-8 rolling alongside him. We should get out of here before... Oh, I, uh... Finn pulls Poe in strongly and hugs him. Finn says to Ray, Take care of him. I will. Finn swallows his emotion and forces himself away to the Phantom Hawk, where Rose sweats under the engine bay. No, hop aboard, relax, I'll handle all of this work. Ray watches Finn board the ship, nothing but love for her friend. Beyond the Phantom Hawk, Leia approaches. Ray says, Leia, I... Leia says, you don't have to say it. I can save your son. I believe that once, like you. There is good in him. There's good in all of us, but the boy I knew is gone. Ray, be careful. Master Luke trained me well. Some things you can't train for. Ray follows Leia's eyes to Poe, caught staring at her just as Chewbacca tosses him a wrench. I don't... what? Come on, I know how complicated this is. I can't. There are rules. Jedi rules. <laughs> Written by who? Some old man a thousand years before you were born? Leia speaks to Ray like her own daughter. My whole life I heard one word. Balance. I never really understood what it meant, until the first time I saw you. I heard that word again, like it was whispered to me. Balance. Leia takes her hand, intimate, close. You're not like my father, or my brother. You're new. Whatever happens, remember. The Force chose you, Ray. Your story isn't written by anyone else. A massive blast shakes the mountain. Dust crumbles, alarms blare, massive blips on radar screens. A resistance tech yells, Resurgent class Star Destroyer detected! We're taking fire! In space over Korolev, the finalizer bears down on the planet while two other First Order starships arrive from light speed, flanking it. On the finalizer bridge, Hux looks out at the glowing planet beyond. Decimate any ships leaving the planet! Charge the primary weapon! In the spacecraft hangar on the Resistance base, Alarm lights flash. Pilots run for their ships. Emergency evac. All personnel and craft to Rendezvous Point Crimson. Resistance guards surround Leia. Route all unarmored transports to the Eclipse. It's our only way out. Leia locks eyes with Ray as she goes. Poe says, Ray, we have to go. She's focused on Leia. Ray! Ray races up the Falcon ramp. Poe yells to Finn. Go, get out of here! Finn and Rose hurry into the Phantom Hawk. Transports and fighters fly out of the hangar toward the waiting eclipse hidden in a deep canyon. In the Millennium Falcon cockpit, Ray and Poe instinctively spin into the pilot seats. Chewie doesn't like it. He roars. Poe says, I know, I know, your seat. Chewie bangs the walls. That's his dang chair. Ray, flipping switches, says, Can we talk about this later? In the Phantom Hawk, Rose reverses their ship out of the hangar. Another blast from the Star Destroyer pulses the shields. C-3PO says, I'm afraid our shields cannot withstand a super laser of this magnitude. Tell me the odds, 3PO. I like numbers. Finn watches the Millennium Falcon rise out of the sinkhole. Finn says, Good luck, Ray. On the Falcon, Ray answers Finn as if he's next to her. You too. What? The f- well, they both have the force. So. Yeah, I don't think they're overcomes, though. No. Well, does, does Finn have the force in this yeah. story? Yes. 
<laughs> he does? Yes. Okay. We don't know that. <laughs> I don't think we know that yet. The falcon rises out of the deep sinkhole to the surface where the jungle is on fire. Laser blasts pound the mountain base from above, relentless. Just inside the shield barrier, transports and fighters fly into the open docking bays of the Eclipse Destroyer, like bees into a hive, safe inside. On the Eclipse Destroyer bridge, Leia takes her command position on the bridge, now fully manned by resistance personnel. Shields are at 8%, General. We can't wait any longer, Connick says. She takes one last look at Korolev, another home taken from her. On the finalizer bridge, Hux's pale face glows with super laser fire. Primary weapon charge, sir. Fire! <laughs> Water! Air! <laughs> Long ago. In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> In the Phantom Hawk, Finn and Rose feel the heat from the explosion all around them as the light bends ahead and they escape into hyperspace. On the Eclipse Destroyer, Leia closes her eyes, feeling the loss of the men and women left behind as the Eclipse makes the jump to light speed. Seen from Korolev, the Eclipse vanishes in an instant. The finalizer's super laser finally cracks the shields. The base erupts. The entire planet explodes in hellfire. From the Ring of Destruction, the Millennium Falcon rockets out into space. On the Falcon, the ship rattles. Mountainous chunks of space rock spin away from the exploded planet, creating a field of obstacles all around them. Chewbacca whines. Mm. Poe says, I know! And then he says to Ray, we can't make the jump with all this debris. Neither can that destroyer. Chewie, cloak our signal. Boom! The Falcon quakes. Damage alarms blare. They swerve and dodge through chunks of destroyed planet, some pieces still intact with mountains, jungle valleys, and waterfalls frozen by the cold of space. A familiar ship enters frame in blazing pursuit. The dark and jagged Knife Nine. <laughs> what is Knife Nine? Knife Nine. Knife Nine is the Knights of Ren's ship. In the Knife Nine cockpit, Jadic Wren at the helm, Ott and Laurel flank him in elevated gun chairs. In the deep background, Hataska floats in an electro-oxygen chamber, tubes weaving around his body. Ott and Laurel unload waves of targeted blasts on the Falcon, exploding remnants of planets when they miss the ship. On the Falcon, boom! The Falcon is hammered with laser fire, relentless. Who's this? Ray eyes the pursuing ship on the rearview graphic monitor. Let me fly. I've got the yoke. My yoke. My ship. Chewy roars, both wrong. In the planet's debris field, Knife Nine pursues the Falcon through the spinning pieces of Korolev, trying to avoid collision without losing the target. The Falcon gets close to one of the planetary fragments and buzzes the surface, dodging blasts as it flies up the face of a frosted jungle mountain in space. The horizon spins as the fragment spirals above both ships, spinning out on its chaotic trajectory. Suddenly the mountain is inverted above them with the blackness of space below. In the Falcon, Poe fires on the jagged mountain peak hanging above them, now like a stalactite. 
The mountain peak blasts apart, sending projectiles spinning into the path of the pursuing craft. Knife Nine is hit by a sharp piece of rocky mountaintop, sending it wildly off course. We're clear. Punch it! Light bends ahead, and they rocket into hyperspace. In the Knife Nine cockpit, alarms blare as they spin out. Jadik Ren regains control, riding the ship. The Falcon is gone. Jadik approaches the electro-oxygen chamber, eyeing Hataska through the glass. Wires protrude from his mask into the main computer. He's in some kind of induced sleep. Jadik Ren says, What do you see, brother? Oh, so they talk in this one. I guess. Jadik places hand on the glass. Suddenly, Hataska does the same, hand flat on the glass against Jadik's. Laurel and Ott look on, waiting for the answer. Jadik's head tilts up. He nods, removes his hand from the glass. Set a course for Bonadan. Huh? So that guy knows where they are? He knows where they're going in hyperspace somehow. Whoa. I guess. Wait. Was he the person who did, made the hyperspace tracker in episode 8 then? No, because none of this is canon. <laughs> Stop trying to connect this to reality. No, but, but if, if that, is that where they were going? Maybe. It was a similar idea. Hyperspace tracking, yeah. On Remnicor, at night, Kylo's TIE silencer enters the atmosphere of a cold, black planet veined with silver. It touches down on a ridge overlooking a wide valley of obsidian-like terrain. Frozen trees and windswept shapes, flows of white lava. A Remnicor fortress. Kylo approaches an ancient stone military battlement consumed by time. Skeletons of fallen war beasts litter the terrain. Whatever battle happened here, it ended centuries ago. He passes empty suits of armor, robes draped over broken shields, flags flutter in the wind. A Sith helmet on the ground, skull visible within. A reminder that while the Jedi live on, the Sith become dust. His tracking beacon flashes a single red dot. Life form detected. In the courtyard of the Remnicor fortress, the door opens toward us, revealing Kylo hand extended. He enters a circular chamber stacked with broken spacecraft parts, ancient military technology and piles of silver ore. A glowing white fire crackles in a stone pit. A voice whispers as he draws closer to the flame. Reveal yourself. Kylo's lightsaber ignites a reflex action. I seek the Sith Master Tor Valum. I am no master. The mountain of junk moves. From it, as if disguised within, comes Tor Valum, 7,000 years old, an alien of unknown origin, spindly and tense, sinew and muscle pulled tight. But I was once called Tor Valum. Kylo remains steadfast, dominant. You train Darth Plagueis? That name means nothing to me. Kylo's lightsaber flashes in anger, settling inches from Torvalum's taut, leathery skin. 
does your life. Torvalum regards Kylo, smiles with sharp teeth. You threaten me with death. How amusing. You are weak. I feel nothing. You feel what I allow you to feel, child. The creature extends a long finger, pointing to Kylo's mask. Reveal yourself. Kylo removes his mask. His face is veined, corrupted, worse than we remember. Torvalum appears oddly entertained. You wish to obtain the power of those who came before. Take your place among the gods of Mortis. I do. To rule the galaxy without armies, without starships. Yes. Yet you fear the frailty of your vessel. You need this power. Kylo's jaw tenses. He nods. Kneel before me. Miraculously, Kylo kneels. You call yourself his Sith, but the Sith are unrepentant, remorseless, You're haunted by the past, your very existence. I have no regrets. You lie. Until you sever yourself from the past, your fate will be the same as theirs. Torvalum motions to the battlefield in the valley below. Empty Jedi Knight armor, vacant Sith Marauder armor beside it. Withered husks of animals and men. The living force is nourishment. The more one consumes, the stronger one becomes. To take life is to cheat death. The creature lifts his body with his arms and walks on them. Kylo eyes his strange new master. Teach me. So this is kind of like the opening <clears throat> scene of Rise of Skywalker, but... Mm, yeah, it is similar, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's it, going to a planet yeah. that nobody knows about. And he's finding a he's new master. finding a new master that's creepy. A new master that's actually an old master. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, it's not Palpatine, but it's Palpatine's master's master. Except he taught yeah. Plagueis. And, I think it would be ta- and the other one was, was taught there. by Plagueis, right? Palpatine was taught by Plagueis. Yeah, yeah. so, so he, yeah. in this movie, he goes to the guy who mm. taught Plagueis, and mm-hmm. in the other movie, he goes to the guy, the guy who Plagueis got taught, taught by Plagueis. <laughs> yeah. I That's think funny, it would have yeah. been cooler if the whole movie was pretty much the same, except instead, this, of, Palpatine. except instead of Palpatine, it would be Torvalum. Yeah. He's 7,000 years old. I mean, how do, yeah, is he a Sith? I don't know. It seems like he's not a Sith. No, it doesn't seem like he because, is. Because, um... Sith don't walk on their hands, usually. Well, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why. Uh, but also, he'd have to be dead. Because if Plagueis took Palpatine as his apprentice... Then you know, Plagueis would have had to Then Plagueis him. would have had to have killed yeah, Torvalum. So, 
What's going on there? Right. Do they? Will they explain well, that? Well, they thought Vader killed Palpatine, but he didn't. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It is similar. It is yeah, similar. Yeah, I know, but there weren't way. two Sith after that. No, there wasn't. You're right. So there's only one still. So but no, Vader... There was basically two. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, I think that is where we're going to leave off. Um, hmm. Mm. Torvalum, I hope he doesn't have too many more lines because my voice will be dead. Uh, <laughs> not sure why I went that way. I regretted it. Like the second line, I'm like, why am I talking like this? <laughs> this is killing my voice. But, you know, if we do a week or two weeks between now and the next time, a week it'll, should be enough. it'll recover. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. How far uh, are we through it? Uh, we are like less than sleep? halfway through <laughs> I think um, oh, we're yeah, about we're almost half we're almost halfway. Okay, Whoa, yeah, we're almost yeah. halfway. This seems like it would have been like ten minutes. Yeah. Oh no. Like twenty minutes. The whole movie would have been twenty minutes. Well, some of the things that we do are faster than it would be in the movie. Yeah, right? some of the things are shorter. Like think of like how long an establishing shot can take. You know, like it takes longer to see it than it does to read it. You know, like a ship, like a ships shooting at each, at each other in space right right like but then also like if it's like a vast landscape it might show just like one picture mm. for like for and two so seconds and you have to read like, a whole thing explaining sure, it sure sure so uh yeah but i think when when we're all when it's all said and done and i stitch all of it together i bet it'll be like three hours long yeah maybe it's not too bad um yeah so that was fun uh any thoughts before we uh, before we head out? What do you guys think so far? Uh, Torvalum. Torvalum's cool. He walks kinda... on his hands like what? Yeah, he's just what? a big Sebulba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, is this dude like the size of a normal human, or is he no, like some giant? No, I think guy? he's larger. Uh, think there's he's there's quite a, there's quite a bit of concept art for Torvalum. Hmm. And we Ew, will. I, wanna, I don't want to see it. Oh I yeah. Do see oh, you it. do. Can and you we'll, show me some concept art? For sure. We will definitely post that on childrenoftheforce.com for this episode. So if you're curious, if you want to know how does this line up, we're going to see Torvalum. We're going to see the Knife Nine. Oh, yes. We're going to see what that looks like. Uh, we might even see the Knights of Ren, although we already know what they look like. Uh, pretty much the same. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we're going to see. We're gonna see uh, what the uh, first order like uh, uh, palace basically on Coruscant looks like. It's like an upside down triangle kind of. Wow. Are we gonna uh, see what that one ship looks like? Which ship, Roses? Yeah. Yeah, I want to see that too. I hope so. I don't know. Um, oh, and we get to see Kylo's mask. Uh, I will look. I'll look for it. Um, I don't have the art of the Rise of Skywalker book, although it is out. Uh, what, usually, I get the art that. of the Duel of the Fates book. Well, no, because the art of the Rise of Skywalker has this concept art in it. Oh, because right? this was a concept. It was concept for episode nine. Because it was a concept. Right? Okay. Um, so, so there's a lot of Torvalum stuff in there. Um, a lot of stuff that matches up. Well, just so, look it up on the internet. Yeah, I, that's what that's what I'm going to do, <laughs> and uh, that's where the images will come from. Uh, thank you to people who put images on the internet from books when you're not supposed to. Um, but you did it, not me. So I'll just take those and <laughs> put them on our website. Not, yeah, uh, so we're our not listeners doing can, uh, yeah, no, nothing. Uh, but yeah, so you can see no, what those images not. look like. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's fun. This is fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Uh, do you think? What do you think Kylo's going to learn from Tormalum? I don't know. Yeah. Seems like one of those masters who's, like, different than your typical mm. master. Well, he said... And that's uh, every Sith master. He said, like, to kill people is to cheat death. Yeah. So, like, like 
there's um there's that old Sith. Maybe like in the Legends. more life you take, the more life you have. Yeah, I think uh, a yeah. Darth. I think it's is it Darth Nihilus in Legends who Darth does that. Nihilus. I can't remember. There's a there's Nihilus. one there's one Sith who basically lives for a long time because he sucks the energy out of other people. And that's oh, like Palpatine. Kind of like how Palpatine. Well, sort of. Palpatine lived more. I know, but of, he's taking the stuff out of Rey and Kylo. And that yes. helps them live better. True. Yep, the energy of the dyad. Yep, that's right. Um, yeah, so, all right. Well, thanks. This was fun. I hope you had fun listening to part du of Dieu of the Fates. <laughs> uh, and thank you, everyone, to listening to this episode of Children of the Force, episode 168. And as always, oh, and by wow. the way, we have officially passed 200 uh, episodes in all. Uh, I, we did that That's a few episodes a ago. I forgot to mention it. It's yeah. one sixty-eight. We've done forty. Yeah, like we've done. It, we're, we're at about two hundred uh, thirty-two. But yeah, we've been. We've done about. Oh yeah, thirty-two. We've done over two hundred now. So we've done over thirty-two extra episodes. Yeah. That well, that includes that includes the we have spoken and episodes. the man and the rebels one. Oh, wait, that's rebels. not as much yeah. as I thought. Yeah, I? yeah. Uh, yeah. So. This was fun. Uh, as always, thanks to those of you who support us over on patreon.com slash children of the force. Your support allows us to do this podcast and to make it better. Wait, can I tell us up? Sure. Did you know, guys, did you know? If you'd like to reach out to us online, you can contact us via Twitter at Force Children. On Facebook, we are Children of the Force. Our email is at forcechildren at gmail.com. And our <laughs> website is www.childrenoftheforce.com Head on over to speakpipe.com slash children of the force to leave us a voicemail that we will almost positively play on the show. And finally, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to us. It really does help the show get in more people's ears. So, we'd really appreciate it. For Children of the Force, I'm Al. I'm Anna. I'm Liam. <laughs> and may the force be with you. Just in case you didn't know, I'm actually Liam. And he's actually. Yeah, just so you know. Because he definitely <laughs> didn't know that.